Okay, we are in Malachim Bay's Perik Tess, Pasuk um, Aleph. And we see there, Belisha Hanavi Karola Acher But let's step back for a second and just set the scene. You will recall, back in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Chaf Aleph, Pasuk Chaf Tes, after Achav, at the instigation and assistance of his consort wife, Izebel, does the cold-blooded murder of Navot in order to get his vineyard, etc., by inheritance just because he likes it as a pretty um, annex to his castle, the Kaddish Baruch Hu instructs Eliyahu and they pronounce a terrible curse on Achav. It is a, nothing less than the guarantee that his entire progeny will be executed, killed, the house of Achav will end forever, no one will be left. And we see after it, and I'm quoting, by Yehikishmoa Achav is Hadvarim Ha'ela, when Achav hears this, by Yikra Begadav, he tears his clothes, by Yosem Sakav Besoro, he puts sackcloth on, by Yosem, he fasts, by Yashke Besok, he lies in the dirt in mourning. Then the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Eliyahu as follows. And he seems, the Kaddish Baruch Hu Kaviyocho, very impressed with the degree of Achav's tshuva and humility. Did you see, he says, Eliyahu, Achav just humbled himself before me. And Yan ki nichna miponai lo I will not fulfill this terrible prophecy that he will live to see his children killed and exterminated. I will defer it until he is dead. He will not have to witness that. And so Achav literally gets a stay, as it were, where he will not, it is deferred, the complete uh, elimination of Achav's progeny until the more appropriate time. So Achav has died, and now it, the time has come. Peretes, we will witness the complete destruction of the house of Achav. And it's done in the most interesting way where the stage has been set. We know that Yehoram, the evil king of Yisrael, the descendant of Achav, has had to retreat from the battle um, with Aram to the town of Yisrael. There, by coincidence, and no one believes it's a coincidence, Melech Yehuda comes to visit him, uh, etc., to just wish him well for his illness. At this point, Elisha moves into action. In other words, all the protagonists are in Israel, but the army is still in Ramot Gilad. 
So, Elisha Hanavi Korola Echad he summons one of the Bnei Hanavim, his disciples. Again, the Medrash tells us that specific disciple is none other than Yonah ben Amitai of Jonah and the whale fame, Elisha's top disciple now. And he says to him, Chagar Masnecha Bekach Pach Shemen Hazebiyodecha Belech Ramot Gilad. Gird your loins. Uh, whenever you see that expression, Chagor Masnecha, the Mephorshim say it means great haste. Move in absolute haste. Go now. Take a jar of oil, this jar of oil in your hands, and go to Ramot Gilad. Ramot Gilad, as we've said, the army of Yehoram is still there. Yehoram, as we say, is recuperating in Israel. Uvasashama, you go there. And you will see the personage of Yehu, the son of Yehoshaphat, not to be confused with Yehoshaphat, who was Melech Yehuda, Ben Nimshi. You're going to see he will be sitting around. He is the general, as it were, of Yehoram. And he will be sitting around with his fellow officers. And now take him, extract him from that group of comrades, and take him into a room within a room. There must be absolute secrecy. The reason is obvious, because if this gets back, to Israel, that there is a very real conspiracy that the thing will not be operative. They're all dead. So secrecy is of the utmost. Now, continues Elisha to his disciple, Yonah, take this flask, the Yotzakta al Rosho, you pour it on his head, I have anointed you. King of Israel, Ufasachto Hadelis, now open the doors that you two have been secluded. Vinisata below Sechake. Race out of there. Get out of that door and run back here. Speed is of the essence. Secrecy is of the essence. One question is why this Pashemin? We have had it before that the kings of Israel do not get anointed as such. Here, because it's the end of Ahab dynasty. And then we also learned that there was a Shemen that Moshe himself, the Shemen HaMashicha, had the special recipe, as it were, from the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It was a secret recipe. He used it to anoint Aaron HaKohen. They used it for David to imply his dynasty is forever. So then why did they use it for Shlomo, who's the only other king they used it for? Uh, no, not necessarily so. They do use it later. But for Shlomo, they use it because if there's a conflict, if there is a contesting of the succession of the monarchy as there was with Shlomo, you use that Shemin HaMashichah. You don't use it for Melech Yisrael. Why are they doing it here? Because one of the change of dynasty, but the Mephoshim make it absolutely clear, this is a different 
kind of shemen. This is not the shemen hamishicha. This is the shemen parsimon, as they call. It's a lesser shemen, uh, etc. And two, it is not done in the keren, the horn that was used for David and Shlomo, which symbolizes an eternal dynasty. It's used in a plain pach hashemen. But it had to be done. It's done on a lesser content of oil with a lesser instrumentation of oil. Now, by Yelech Hanar, he goes, Yonav Hanar, Hanavi, Ramot Yilad. He goes to Ramot Yilad. By Yovo Hena, Sarei HaChayel. And sure enough, all the officers, Yoshim, are sitting out there. By Yomar, Dovar Li, Elecha Hasar. And he says to no one in particular, I would like to speak to you, General. By Yomar, Yehu. El mimi kulanu. Who do you mean from all of us you want to speak to? Bayomer Elecha Hasar. He now knows he is the four star general there. Bayokam Bayobo Habaisa. He takes him into the house. Bayitso Kashemen El Rosho. He pours that oil on his head. Bayomer Lo. Ko Amar Hashem Elohe Yisrael. Mishachticha Lamelech El Am Hashem El Israel. I have thus anointed you as king El Am Hashem. Note the words because it's not only to carry out this task as king, but Am Hashem. You are to lead the people as a king in the ways of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, away from Avodah Zarah, etc. Now, continues the Navi Talmud, the Kisa is based Achav Adonecha, and you will destroy the house of Achav, your Lord, Binikamta Demei Avadai Hanavim. You will revenge the blood of those innocent Nevi'im. We know that Zebel went on a massacre, killing hundreds of Nevi'e Hashem. Hashem And all the people that were killed, loyal to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, killed by the hand of Zebel, you are to avenge. You are to destroy completely the house of Achav. We've had this expression before. Every male in the house of Achav, Mashkin Bakir, is sort of saying those who urinate against the wall, meaning men, those who are closed in and protected, those who are in the open fields, you are to kill. You will do with Achav that you have done, we have done with the house of Yerubam ben Nevat, which is the complete, complete extermination, Ukaves Basha ben Achir, and also the house of Basha ben Achir. Besi Zebel Yochlu Haklovim, that was the prophecy. The dogs will eat her, Bechelek Israel, in that portion of Israel, and we will see which portion is meant. The Ein Kover, there's no burial. She's not to receive a burial. The, the ultimate degradation. Having completed his message, the Navi of Elisha closes the door, opens the door, and flees from the scene. Now, Yehu Yatzal Avdei Adonai, Yehu comes back to this circle of comrades by Yomerlo, and they say, Hashalom, is, is everything all right? Madua Boha Meshuga Hazeh Elecha. Literally, this is where we get the, where did this Meshuga come to? Why did he come to you just now? 
And by Yomer Alehem Yehu doesn't wish at this point to disclose. Aten Yidatem Without calling him Meshuganot, he says, you, you know the man and how he speaks. Why are they calling him Meshugah? The Rambam says that when a Navi gets a vision, often his whole body is changed. He's in a trance. His body contorts. His limbs are, are just out of control. And so that, yes, looking as a bystander, you could say the guy's crazy. Or, logically as well, these soldiers were all soldiers who worshipped the Baal. To them, any person that brings the word of God or speaks in the name of God is a Meshuggah. So they say, what does he want? And he says, well, you, you know what he wants, you know him. By Yomu Sheker. And somehow they instinctively know he's lying. Yehu, you're lying. Haged Lanu, Haged no Lanu, tell us what he said. And Yehu answers, Rayomer, Kazos, Kazos, Amar, a lie. This is what he said. Lemar, Ko, Amar, Hashem, Mishach, Ticha, Lamelech, El Yisrael. I have anointed you king of Israel. Now, normally you would think these guys have just called the Nabi a Meshuggah. What do they do? They each take their clothes. They put it underneath him, El Gerim Hamalos, to elevate him, to make him stand taller. In other words, they accept it completely. And they say unquestioningly, they blow a shofar yet, and they say, Yehu is king. The Malbim points out that how did this sudden metamorphosis from skeptics that a Meshuggah coming to speak to their guy come to, yes, we accept that he's the king, says the Malbim, uh, it is nothing more than uh, the Ruach of the Kaddish Baruch who entered in their hearts, they knew this was true and they accept without a, a single question. He's then, in fact, they elevate him, they blow the shofar. So, by Yishkasher, Yehu ben Yehoshaphat ben Nimshi Yoram, the rebellion is on against Yehoram. Yehoram ha-Yoshomer b'Ramot Gilad. He was at Ramot Gilad for the battle. B'chol Yisrael b'pnei Chazoel melech Aram with the entire army against Chazoel, now king of Aram. By Yosham Yehoram ha-Melech l'Hisrape b'Yisrael. He was wounded and he returns to Israel for convalescence, min ha-Makim, from his wounds. Asher yaku ha-Ramim this is the wounds he got when he was fighting Chazoel. No one is to leave here and say a word of what has transpired. If we lose the element of surprise, we are totally dead. And now, mounting his steed, the newly crowned Yehu heads to Israel to start the complete, total annihilation of the house of Acha. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Agkan.